Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Gina LaVey. Gina is a New York City-based photographer who has worked with clients such as ESPN, Vanity Fair, Fortune, and the WWE, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Gina about her personal project, Sandhogs, which documented the underground miners of New York City. And I also speak to Gina about her approach to marketing, which has allowed her to work with a broad range of both editorial and commercial clients. Gina is a photographer whose work I've been following for years, so I was excited to get a chance to speak with her about all her work and everything she's done over the course of her career. So I hope you guys enjoy it, and thanks so much for listening. Well, Gina LeVay, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for taking the time to do this. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Um, I guess just to kind of start off, I was uh, kind of interested uh, where you grew up and like what are kind of some of your earliest memories of photography. Uh, I grew up in Chicago, uh, and but I grew up in Chicago, and then we moved um, to the East Coast, um, kind of late middle school. Um, time and I think my first memory of of photography was my freshman year in high school Um, I took a photography class and I had this kooky amazing teacher named Mitch Mitchell and he wore these like he wore like a big skunk costume around the hallways and he was just like larger-than-life character and he really opened my eyes um, to the to the amazing process of creating image images okay and I think from there, um, it just sparked my interest. And, and I bought a Pentax K1000, or I didn't really buy a Pentax, my parents did, as a gift. Classic. You know, right. And uh, workhorse, love it. And I just became obsessed with it, and I just thought it really empowered me mm. um, to you know, get my brothers to pose or just to document. Okay. And I found this love of, of documenting everything around me, and then when I was 16, um, I wanted to build my own dark room okay. in my basement, um, and so I did that. Um, and it just kind of never—I never looked back. I also was very much in theater as a kid, okay. um, and so I thought I also enjoyed the aspect of you know directing people and creating these scenes um, and, and kind of fun portraits. So I think it kind of combined a lot of my. My, my love for the drama and, and theatrics and also my love of storytelling okay. and, and meeting people. and So it was always, because looking at your work now, you obviously do like a lot of kind of documentary type work. It seems like, has that always been kind of what you've been attracted to, you think, with photography from when you started? Definitely. Um, I've always been a very curious person and I love people. And, I'm, and so photography... Um, was very much a tool for me to explore different cultures, um, to meet people, and so my my love of storytelling and the personal narrative was always something that I loved about photography. And I and early on, that's kind of really where I started was more documentary. And um, you know, when I was in college, I didn't go to school for photography. Um, I majored in European studies and Spanish okay. literature, and I spent a lot of time abroad. And I realized. The, the camera was just another tool for me um, for learning about different places and people. Um, and so that kind of really has stuck with me. You know, um, anytime I can connect with people, I find that the cameras always help me to do that. That's pretty cool. So when you're like in college, obviously you say you didn't go for photography. Like, what did you think you're kind of going to do um, after college? Like, because uh, you weren't doing photography, I guess. Well, it's a good question. Um, School forward a little bit. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, there you go. So when I was in college, as I said, I was um, in liberal arts, yep. um, and I went to NYU, and I actually did take a lot of photography classes at Tisch, mm-hmm. um, and that really helped me technically with my photography, but when I graduated with this liberal arts degree, um, I wanted to apply for grants, and um, I wanted to do like a Fulbright in Berlin, and I actually went on my first documentary self-funded project to Germany Wow. Um, to to see the difference between East Berlin, um, you know, that was East Berlin and and, and West Berlin. Um, I went to Kapus, uh, Germany, which is near Poland. Um, I actually got in contact with one of the magnet photographers, um, Thomas Hopker, um, back then. So I was very much wanting to to be this 
this photographer, um, but I realized also like I didn't have any sort of degree in it or training. Um, so, but what I did get after college was um, an internship at Seventeen Magazine. Oh wow! So, and after that, I kind of got into the photo editing magazine world. Okay. Um, which was great because I think from there, I really learned a lot about producing. Uh, work and, um, and 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 budgets, and which has helped me obviously now of what I do. Mm -hmm. um, and so when the magazine that I was working on uh, folded in, you know, two thousand one or something, uh, <laughs> that long ago, I was like, you know what? Now's my chance to apply for these grants, you know, for photography. But of course, because I didn't have a degree in it. Um, I didn't get them, and so I had this portfolio, and I was like, you know, maybe it's a good time because the world was changing during that time. It was crazy. Um, magazines were taking a dive then, and I applied to get my MFA. Okay. And I went to SVA for my MFA, and after that, I really, you know, I realized that what I wanted to do is just be uh, a photographer, you know, an image maker, and and it kind of took off from there. That's interesting, and like when you're like getting your MFA like what kind of work were you doing at that point was it kind of portrait based or what kind of stuff were you working on the first year of my MFA I was definitely portrait based a little bit uh, it was it was these like fantasy portraits that I was doing so as I mentioned before I had this love of theater and drama yeah um, so I I, I was doing that I was photographing people in their ideal self and so I had some crazy uh, crazy, crazy compositions, and um, but that was really fun because I had I got my friends who were these aspiring stylists and makeup artists to kind of collaborate. So I was I was doing a lot of these like mini um, sets. I loved David Lachapelle's uh, work back okay. then, yeah, yeah. and so that was kind of my inspiration. Yeah. And then the second year of my MFA, the uh, the chair Charlie Traub, who's a dear uh, friend of mine. He was just like, you got to get it together. I think he kind of was just like, what are you doing? You have a thesis going on. Like, what, you know, what's going on? And then the blackout happened in 2003. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm totally dating myself. It's horrible. <laughs> but anyways, in 2003, uh, this, the uh, infamous blackout of New York City happened. And I became interested in, like, how the city worked. And a friend of mine worked at the DEP, which runs the water. And they said, he's like, you know, have you ever checked out the sand hogs? And I was like, who are the sand hogs? And they're like, they're, they work 800 feet below the New York City. They're working on this largest capital project ever. And I just became fascinated that there are these uh, miners essentially down underneath New York City. And I was like, wow. And I was like, maybe I can do my style of portraiture yeah. with these, these workmen. Mm. And that, I just became obsessed trying to get access down there. It took me five months. Okay. And then, to answer your question, my last half of my MFA was working on my Sandhog project which really launched my career. Yeah, that was a bit. You did a whole book and like had a whole uh, exhibition at Grand Central. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, because I was going to ask you about that project. And like you said, it took you five months to get access. Uh, what were kind of some of the red tape that threw up, like they were throwing up at you? And like, how did you kind of get through there eventually, I guess, to let you down there? Um, well, it was, I think... I, I, well, one, it was, it, it kind of, you know, everything kind of changed after 9-11 in New York City, right? So there was a lot of um, security issues. Um, I don't, I think, I think everyone was very uh, careful, like, who they would let down. And I think because I was a student, yep. um, it, it, it worked to my advantage. I wasn't, like, from the New York Post. I wasn't doing this, like, expose on, like, where New York City money is going or what a disaster this project has been. And so I approached it in a very positive way of, like, this is what I want. You know, people don't know about the Sandhawks. I mm -hmm. want to use my photography and video to bring them out in the surface. Um, and so I tried with the DEP, the gatekeeper. It was very bureaucratic, obviously. That like, didn't happen. So what I wound up doing, I did get access to go above ground. And so I became friends with the contractors, and I became friends with the Sandhawks. And I met the union head. And so I basically kind of worked my way in that. And then the union was, like, super excited at what I wanted to do. The union talked to the DEP, talked to the contractors, and they're like, okay, you can go down one time. But, of course, once I got the one-time access yeah shh, don't say uh, you know like the contractor and the sand halls were like it's okay you can come back you can come back you can come back yeah. so 
you know, maybe the DEP thought I only went down a handful of times, but I went down a lot more. Yeah, how long? <laughs> how long <laughs> yeah, you got to keep shooting. Um, how long did you end up working on that project for? And I think I started in around 2003, and then uh, really my book came out um, 2010. Oh, so. Wow. A while, um, and you know, after my book came out, I still worked um, with them. But um, I was hired to go down there with Time Magazine or Vanity Fair. They asked me to do some special, you know, assignments on other projects, not just the water tunnel, but the East Side Access mm-hmm. um, line or the extension of the Seven Line. So there's a lot of other Sandhog type of work that I guess I became known as like she's the person to go and do that, which was great because the Sandhogs are still very dear friends of mine um, and it really allowed me to kind of figure out my aesthetic and I did a lot of portraits with them too and I mm-hmm. brought them into the studio yep. um, during that time at Splashlight when they were on the West Side Highway they were right next to the, the work site so it was a, a dear project it was a labor of love that kind of helped me so much I got my first ad campaign from the Sandhog Project wow that's amazing so that just goes to show you like you, it's good to just keep shooting stuff and putting it out there because you never know what's going to come back from it you know no 100% and I think what I've learned from my Sandhog work is don't be afraid to take risks mm. and to think big mm. um, one of my teachers from my MFA program said you know if you think of anything for more than five minutes you're going to talk yourself out of it yeah. so just if you have this idea the hardest thing to do is just get started yeah. just start if you fail it's no big deal you tried it so um, I've learned a lot from it and I always kind of try to go back to it when I'm in kind of a you know I'm stuck in (laughs) whatever mental state I'm in I'm like wait a second what am I thinking you know what would what would the you know the young Gina would do in the Sandhawk project you know get underground and start shooting (laughs) (laughs) or you know just 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 be confident um and 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 don't you know don't don't take no yeah because with that project you're shooting these guys are working down there you're probably the first photographer to go down there um did it take you a while to kind of gain their trust and kind of start shooting all those portraits and things like that definitely um you know when i when i when i do a long-term project um that's like a personal project and not like an assignment. I definitely, um, well, even with assignments, I, I try I try to establish a relationship before I start shooting. Um, I don't show up with like my camera ready to go, and I I I, t- I just try to connect with the the subject as much as possible. With the Sandhogs, um, it definitely took a while. I think they didn't get it. They were like, "Why are you here? Do you have um, family in the construction business? Why do you care about us?" And I was like, no, you guys are amazing. Or then I would be outside, like in February, it was freezing cold. They thought I was on crack. They're like, why are you here? You know, I was like, this is so beautiful. <laughs> the, the, the snow is falling. You guys are like sweeping the floor. Like, this is great. You know? um, so I, I, think, I, think they, I think when I kind of kept on showing up and they, and they saw my passion and my dedication, um, they, they, they started to get it. And every time I would shoot something in, in the early days, I would always bring it back. And they were like, oh, wow, this is amazing. So I think by just showing them what I was doing, they, they started to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with the, with the studio, it was a funny story because Splashlight gave me a day in the studio. They kind of donated it to me because they thought it was a great project. And it was you know all digital capture, fancy equipment. Like, it was a big thing. And I was like, okay. And so I went to the Sandhogs. This is maybe like, I don't know, seven months into working with them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, guys, when you're done with your shift at 3 o'clock, please don't go into the locker room and change. I'll, you know, meet me right outside. We're going to walk two blocks, and I want to do a photo shoot with you. It'll take like 10 minutes, lie, but whatever. <laughs> I was like, I'll have beer and sandwiches. Like, just please come. And they're like, okay. And I was thinking I would get like maybe five of like my good Sandhog friends. Yeah. But when I showed up that day, there was 25 Sandhogs like waiting for me. And they were like, <laughs> let's go to the photo shoot. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, and so then I called my assistant and I was like, okay, we need more beer and more sandwiches. <laughs> and that was the best day of the studio uh, for me. Um, and they were total ham. So yeah. yeah, I mean, it was definitely a building trust. And I, I, I always viewed it as a collaboration mm-hmm. with my subjects. And I think I, I still do, you know, no matter what I shoot. Um, for me, it's a collaboration, um, and I, I, I enjoy that process, and I always kind of look to the subject for for ideas or what makes them feel comfortable, and um, yeah. so it's been it's been it's been a good ride. No, that was I always enjoyed those photos, and like when you're working on a project like that um, for yourself, I guess is it? Do you go in with like a set like a 
in mind of like what your what your project's going to be or does it kind of evolve over time do you kind of plan it out or does it kind of change as you kind of get started usually i think it definitely changes and it snowballs into something that mm-hmm. you know you never thought I, I think for me with the sandhawk project all i really wanted was to do a website and that was my actual thesis um, back to my MFA, um, I graduated and, my, and my, my, my thesis was this website with photo and video. Um, and, and I didn't realize, you know, when I, when I finished, um, I, there was so much more to tell, so many more stories, so many opportunities. And then I had these ideas about a public art installation. I was like, why can't I do this? Um, and that's with the Grand Central installation. So for me, um, it, it's definitely it started out as just just wanting to to work with these guys and then everything else kind of came came yeah. from there you yeah. know it wasn't a pre-planned thing and yeah. i don't think that's good for anything i'm always open-minded as to mm-hmm. where things will end up yeah no that's smart and yeah the the grand central uh exhibit was amazing i never seen anything like it it was basically if i remember correctly it, i don't know if it was like lcd it was like they had it like uh, like LCD monitors or something like that. I was yeah, we had uh, there was a there was a, a scale accurate um, screen, a rear projection screen that was like scale accurate to the tunnel, um, and so that was projected. Um, and I because I we, we mounted a video camera to the um, the muck train that would go down to the head of the of the tunnel in the rock, um, yeah. kind of like their daily commute mm-hmm. coming in on Thirty Third Street and going down to Battery Tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we filmed that, and that was the, the screen that you're remembering. And yeah. then I had um, eight by 12 like murals of, of my prints on either side, and then there were life-size portraits, light box cylinder yeah, portraits. Light, yeah, the light box, it was amazing. It was like yeah. they were almost like standing there. Yeah, totally. Um, and that was amazing. Um, and those were the portraits I actually shot in, uh, in, in the studio as flashlight. Yeah, that was exciting. How did that kind of come about? Was that something you like pitched them, or how, how does that even something like that happen? Oh my God, <laughs> you know, ignorance is bliss, really. <laughs> I, I think if you asked me now, I'd be like, hey, in four months, would you put this on? I'd be like, are you crazy? <laughs> uh, it was really just me uh, proposing it, and I think the union leader at the time said maybe it's a good it's a good time to do it because of just the political life, I guess, with construction in New York City, and so I sent a letter to Grand Central, and I said, I've been working on this project. Um, I would love to propose an installation of these guys um, in Grand Central, like love the idea i think for them too it was a good timing and they said you know what we can waive our rental fee for the week so then i'm like okay great but then i was like oops but then who's going to actually pay for the installation and the you know the construction <laughs> the whole thing yeah. um but grand central was supportive and then i i started um trying to get sponsors and so the um um, LIUNA um, in DC, they sent me, um, you know, they, they, they sponsored it, the contractors sponsored it, um, Popular Mechanics was one of my sponsors, like Fuji sponsored it. Um, a lot of people pitched in, I got two grants, visual art grants for it, uh, you know, and then it wound up being, you know, a crazy amount of money um, that was raised, and I think it was just because people wanted to see these guys um, honored, and so... Yeah. It, was, it was an amazing time. No, that's amazing. And like just hearing how you were talking about even how you started the Sandhog Pro- Project, it took you five months to get access, and then you were like writing grants to get the ex- exib- exhibition going. Have you always just had that like hustle mentality of like just trying to make things happen? Or do you, do you feel like that's like a big part of being like a freelance photographer? Is it trying to like make things happen on your own, kind of? Absolutely. Uh, yes. You know, I've always been. I, I definitely have always been kind of ambitious, um, and I've been very eager to kind of get things going, and I've been proactive. And I think it's a huge part of, of this work, um, especially if you want to you know, make a life out of it. Um, you know, even when you get these big jobs, you're like, awesome, I've made it. And then it's like, you know, one silence. Right? Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, wait a second, you know, so you always have to, you always have to think about what's the next thing. Mm-hmm. Be proactive, be proactive in like marketing and reaching out to people, mm-hmm. um, pitching ideas. I mean, definitely early on, I would, I would p- 
I would pitch magazines all the time mm-hmm. to be like, hey, what about this story? You know, I, I went to a fortune cookie factory in Queens. It was, it was like the largest factory <laughs> in the US. They do 24-7 production of fortune cookies. I went there. I shot some pictures. I sent it to Fortune magazine. I was like, wouldn't this be great? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I always, I think, I think you, you have to. You just can't wait for the phone to ring or the email. Mm-hmm. You need to really get out there and, and be, you know, not annoying about it, but, but just be confident and to continue to, to evolve really and to generate the yeah, work. D- definitely. I think it's smart. Magazines, they want new ideas. They're constantly looking. hundred percent. They're in dire need of like new ideas. So if you yes. come with a good one, you're, you're helping them with their job. So like, it doesn't hurt to ask. That, that's it never, the- it never hurts. You know, what's the worst that happens? I also, you know, I think I, I've also learned not to like take things too personal, right? I mean, when you start out, you're just like, oh, they hate me. They're like my work. Oh. Yeah. But that's not even it. I think people are just so um, inundated as well with just the amount of work out there. Just, you have to just stay confident and, and keep on pursuing what you, what you want. Yeah, I think that's, if you're going to do this as a career, the biggest thing I've learned being like a freelance photographer is you got to get really used to this rejection because that's <laughs> 99% of the time you're going to get. And I think the longer you do it, at least for me, it kind of just brushes off. It's like, ah, oh, big deal. On to the next one. Let's keep going. I think that's what, at least the way I look at it. Yeah, no, I, I totally think that's true. And I think also, you know, sometimes relationships take time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things I did early on in my career that that I'm, I'm still a part of that I highly recommend is the Eddie Adams workshop. Okay. Um, and you know, I would meet these photo editors. They, I, I met them there and, um, you know, I would, I would send them work and, um, you know, they would love to see it. They're like, Oh, that's so great. We'll keep you in mind, you know? And then like, you know, two years would pass and everything was like, great, great. I was like, okay, whatever. And then, um, Parade Magazine, when it was like in their heyday, um, you know, sent me to London all of a sudden. They're like, Hey, do you want to, um, photograph Rupert Grint from Harry Potter and I was like amazing and and so it just goes to show a lot of times you have to have patience too I think these things take time it's not an immediate Mm. Um, or you know just the other day I got an email from someone that I sent an email two months ago and I thought like oh god they totally blew me off and then it was an amazing email I got I'm like oh people get busy people want to see you know (laughs) just how things are developing like it's okay because you got to chill and take the long view definitely you know and it's hard I mean I I say that but I'm always like "Ah," I hear you yeah it's a marathon um, and this, remember to talk into the mic yeah. when you do it. It's fine. You don't have to be on it, but just like straight at it. Um, it's fine. Um, and then I guess once you've kind of finished the Sandhog project and your MFA, um, what was kind of your next step? Like, did you always envision yourself kind of getting into the editorial world and like commercial photography or what was kind of, I guess your next step once you finished your MFA? I, well, I think when I, when I first graduated um i think i wanted to do it all i was very much still in my like fine art gallery okay. I, I, I wanted to do that i wanted to do commercial i wanted to do editorial i really thought like i can do everything mm. you know which i think is possible it's not like you can't so um i think what really kind of started happening is when i when i graduated um with my sandhawk project i got that pdn 30 thing and okay. that and that kind of helped me start magazine work. Um, and I also, because I was a photo editor, I knew a lot of editors already. So it was a very easy transition for me mm-hmm. um, to start doing editorial work. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of what I did. And then as we talked about being proactive, I think early on too, a few years after, I, I, so I wanted to do the more commercial work. I thought, you know, that, that always was appealing to me because I was very much based on concept mm-hmm. and collaboration, um, and I, I always wanted to get into it. And so I started to, to identify clients and markets that my, my work might be relevant to yep. uh, for, and, um, and that's how with the Sandhawk I got a, a, a campaign for Dickies, the, um, the, the clothing line, yep. um, and that kind of also helped my career in that you know direction and then um at at that point i was still doing a lot of you know i was doing my commercial work and then editorial work and then i still wanted to do my own work i was very much like this is what i have to do and so i started my work on female bullfighters which also helped get me other work so it was a very nice dance Mm -hmm. early on like i would do my personal work (laughs) and then that would get another cool job you know commercially or editorially that's cool (laughs) That's awesome. Which is always like what I hope to do now, but you know, life just gets, you know, it's I mean, it, it, complicated and busy, <laughs> but, I, um, but I, I still always want that, that kind of personal project. Yeah. And do you remember kind of some of the first assignments you got when you started shooting editorial and things like that? 
Uh, for my first assignments, yes. Well, I was just funny. Um, when I when I one of my first was um, shooting a Morgan Spurlock when when Sundance uh, had a magazine. Yeah. Um, and so I shot Morgan Spurlock when he was doing Super Size Me, the movie. Uh, and that was really fun. I went around all these McDonald's because there was like no budget for it. And so I had the stylist, prop stylist. And, um, and we went around New York City to about like 30 McDonald's. And we asked, you know, could we get some extra wrappers and bags and straws and napkins? And we made this big mound of trash that we wanted him to sit on. It was awesome. Um, so <laughs> that was one of my, my, like, my first jobs after that um, outside that and actually I, I worked with popular mechanics soon after because of my sandhog work and okay. I became really good friends with the photo director there um, and she actually edited my photo book um, you know that many years later mm. um, so yeah that was that was a great um, start yeah that's exciting and one thing I always ask people is like did it take you a while to kind of like find your like aesthetic or kind of your visual signature, the kind of way you shoot? Did it kind of take you a while to get to that point, or do you feel like you've always just kind of had a similar style from the jump, or is it all is it kind of evolved over time? You think? I think uh, I think so. I think I think it, I think it did evolve over time. I think really in more of like my recent years, especially for my commercial editorial work and how I light mm -hmm. my, my, um, my, my assignments or projects have kind of really come uh, to more of like a defining aesthetic of what I like to do. Um, I, I think my documentary work though um, has kind of stayed consistent um, as well. So I think, it, I think with like lighting, I think I definitely have kind of now have this like style that I like to do more and I get hired to do um, but but in terms of my my documentary work I think it's been very similar yeah that's cool yeah one project I noticed that the recent project I think was uh, the Vanity Fair Women's March and it was like some really cool portraits it was like these huge crowds but you you lit it in a way where it was like almost as if they were like in a studio um, it was real like I don't not contrasty but it was just how you did that how is that kind of project to work on uh that was that was it was an amazing day it was a historic day um and I I wanted to to go out and document it but I also wanted to do something different mm -hmm. um and and I again it was like taking risks um I didn't know you know what it would be like what we can get away with you know in a crowd of like million a million people or whatever it was um, <laughs> um but i i brought as you said studio stuff i mean i did bring pro photo lighting mm -hmm. um my assistant and we we put people on um stools so they were elevated so that was like they were separated from from the crowd that way but also with the oh, light wow. um and so you know it was a little bit of production but we did it we i think we did 40 people that day um and i wanted it to i wanted it to be more dramatic and i think those those elements helped create that um and also to kind of bring the person out of the crowd to ask them why are they here what is important for them um and that was that was a great time and it was also something I loved doing it was like we had five minutes you know I had to make a connection with the people interview them quickly and then and then do this this uh, studio style portrait um, and and that was great you have to be very kind of zoned in I, I lived in India I worked in India and I think that really helped me also kind of uh, just um, be focused and just to like not not be worried about the whole chaos around you and <laughs> And just to f ignore it. And yeah, that was the coolest thing about the photos because, yeah, there's tens of thousands of people there, but the way you shot it, it made it seem like those, it was like a quiet moment with these people. It was this kind of, it was amazing how you kind of laid you. it and things like that. Um, and looking at like a lot of your work, it seems like a common theme is um, a lot of, is like women, like uh, your women bullfighters and then the Vanity Fair thing. And I think you had some. I think it was with like athletes uh, yeah. and things like that. Has that always been something you've kind of enjoyed photographing, or is it kind of this kind of came about? I guess. I mean, I've always, I mean, I've always enjoyed photographing, you know, anybody really. I think um, I, the women aspect. I mean, it is true. In the last like few years, I've done a lot of projects mm -hmm. focused on women, mm -hmm. um, and I think that just. Um, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it, it was it was it something that 
was a deliberate choice? No, I think it just it just kind of happened that way. Um, as I said, after my Sandhog work, which was obviously you know very uh, masculine of a, of a project, um, I started my bullfight, female bullfight work, because I, I was trying to find you know another subject matter, you know, somebody a culture subculture that was unknown, and I wanted to tell their story. And I and I lived in Spain, as I mentioned before, and I and I. I was back there um, for Photo España because my Sandhog work was being exhibited there and I was like, you know, what can I do while I'm here? And I was just doing some research and, and I was like, female bullfighters? Like, I had no idea they existed. Um, and so, and that was really amazing to me because, you know, to see these 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 strong, confident, um, very feminine also women, um, you know, be involved in essentially a blood sport, uh, that, 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 uh, beauty and brutality, uh, conflict was so intriguing to me. And, you know, so from there, um, I started working with, uh, female widows, um, and, and then that combined, I, got, I worked with ESPN on veterans, and that kind of then brought me to athletes. Um, and so everything kind of, you know, as I said, it just kind of happened yeah, that way. Yeah, you it know? Is, yeah, it is interesting. You, you shoot one thing, and then out of, like, magazines just start calling you. For, it's not even like you were trying. It just kind of happens naturally. Yeah, and I, you know, and I, and I, I love, and I, I do love um, working with women. Um, I think... You know, and for whatever, if, if it's a widow, if it's an activist, if it's an, a professional athlete, yeah. um, if it's a bullfighter, I think that um, for me, I you know, to, to kind of photograph them in a very strong, confident, uh, powerful way is something that um, I, obviously I enjoy doing, and I connect with them. Um, and so, there's a lot of opportunities. Yeah, definitely, that's amazing. But I also love you know working with with men as well. Anybody, anybody, it really doesn't <laughs> doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, one thing I was kind of curious about and uh, getting your opinion on, do you feel like it's important to, like, create a niche for your photography when you're kind of working commercially and trying to make a living off this? Or do you just kind of, like, basically just photograph the things you're inspired by? Because, you know, like, some people are really niche. Like, they only shoot sports. So they only shoot, uh, I don't know, culinary stuff or whatnot. Or do you view it more this kind of you shoot what you're inspired by and just kind of put it out there and see what kind of comes back? Yeah, I mean, I, I think one thing is a combination of both. I think I think if you're shooting what you're inspired by, I think naturally you're going to be already creating a certain body of work for yourself, right? I mean, unless you're like, oh, one day I'm inspired by food photography, the next day still life. Well, then obviously, but yeah. but I think if if you if you if you are passionate about people or documentary or portraiture, um, you know, yeah, you should you should do the work that you're inspired by. Um, but I, I think I, I think it's important to know what what how other people view your work, um, and I think self awareness is is important. I think I think if you go out and try to get clients, I think you should know exactly like where you know what what where your work is suitable. Um, I, I do think it's not good to be like I can do everything, mm-hmm. um, because that's not. I think that's that's not that's not realistic, and I think they want to see kind of well. This is this is the kind of work you do, but however, I also feel you never know because I started the last few years doing more beauty work. Yeah, I noticed that. And um, I got that beauty work from work I did with CBGBs and musicians. Um, so, <laughs> it, it, in a way, I think it's just like the most important thing you can do is just create strong, authentic work that's that's that that you um, are proud of, and I think. And, and always make those, you know, be out there making connections, being open-minded and curious. And mm-hmm. I think your work will kind of lead lead itself to, to new opportunities. Yeah. Um, but you should always kind of make work that you actually, like, feel good about and believe in. And this is who kind of you are. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And Even if it's commercial. I mean, it's kind of like, this is like what you do, you know. And I think it, it, it took me a long time to be like, okay, right, this is kind of what I do. Or, or to, to actually verbalize that, you know. Yeah, it's hard to... Uh because you're so wrapped up in your own photography so everyone is you know you're looking at it and it's hard sometimes it's hard to realize how other people view your photography you know because you might view it one way but then other people view it another way so it's kind of interesting and how you mentioned with the sandhog thing you ended up shooting the ad campaign for dickies so was that something you kind of were like 
trying to market, you kind of looked at different companies that might be able to utilize that Sandhog stuff, like you were kind of hitting up Dickies or different brands like that, or did that just kind of come naturally? No, it was definitely my doing. I think I, I found out, you know, who the creative director in-house was. Mm -hmm. I sent them my work. He liked the Sandhog work. And then, you know, it wasn't immediate. It was maybe like two years of me just sending him work. Like, oh, I did this. I did a job for Superga, which are Italian yeah. uh, sneakers. And it was so not Sandhogs. It was very much like a, a, a nude model that was covered by sneakers, essentially. But I got that job because I knew someone in Superga, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I sent him that. And yeah. I sent him that because it was also an ad so it was like hey I can also do commercial stuff so I just kind of developed a relationship with him and, uh, and then he called me one day and was like you know I might have this opportunity and what was really great was that it wasn't about like workers that like oh I have a hammer worker it was more of this cool subculture of workers like a bike messenger in yes, LA uh, yeah. or like a barber in Austin Texas so it was it was actually a really cool campaign um, working with real people um, but you know, and in, 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 but but in a contrived you know location and setting, which was which is great. So it was very much my doing, and and uh, just just sticking with it, and um, target you know identifying the markets. Yeah, I think that's smart because you really have to be. It's smart to like do those personal projects, but then in the back of your mind, kind of think about what companies could utilize these type of photos because there's so many different companies that could use your work. It's just a matter of like kind of narrowing it down to where you think it kind of fits in, I guess. And it takes time. It's not easy. I think um, a large part of it, I mean, whether you have an agent or not, you still have to be very, you have to be a business person. Um, and I think, you know, when I was in my MFA, that was what the chair always told me too. He was just like, you know, 99% of it is, is business. You know, 1% is talent. You know, you have to be able to combine those two. It's not just about what you do. It's how, how you communicate with people, how you sell yourself and how you take advantage of, of opportunities. Yeah, it's like the marketing thing. Is that something you feel like you've always just been kind of natural at or is there, have you just kind of gotten better at it over time or? Um, I think I've always been a good, yeah, no, I think I've always been a good, a good marketer. Um, I definitely, you know, during these last, what is it like, you know, 13 years since I graduated my MFA, the industry has changed a lot. The way you market has changed a lot. You know, you used to drop off your portfolio. Now people don't even have portfolio. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, uh, or it's just, it's just so different. So I think marketing has changed, you know, especially in the last like five years or so. So, um, you kind of have to stay with it, but yeah, I've always, I've always, I've, I've always known that it's been an important part of the work. Yeah. How, how are you kind of marketing your work these days that mostly are you doing? You know, I think it's really, for me, what's always worked is just very kind of the personal emails mm -hmm. uh, with clients. Uh, I've tried a lot of like the, the mass emails. Um, and, and I think all that personally for me maybe people have great success I think that's kind of a waste of money I'm always like oh why did I spend that yes, yes seriously <laughs> you know it's like and of course it's, so I think I I just do it the good old-fashioned way like just really you know just person to person like connections um you know emails hey how are you would love to you know stop by to update you on my work um Stuff like that, you know, and, um, and and that has proven successful. I just did a recent job um, for a commercial client, and, and it was very much me manifesting it. I was like, let me try to find out who I should talk to, found out, emailed, had a meeting, and then two months later, I had this amazing job that's soon to come out, so you have to check back in like two weeks. Hell yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's a smart way to do it, just keep it simple, you know, shoot new work. Show it to as many people as you can. Figure, yeah. out, figure out the companies you think could utilize your photography and then keep knocking on doors pretty much. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I also feel like it's also, uh, email is, is good, but I also like to pick up the phone sometimes. I, I like to follow up with a phone call. I don't always rely on email. I think everyone gets just so inundated with emails. It's hard to kind of keep track. And, and so. things just get lost in translation and email. Email and text and things like, yeah, yeah I think. Yeah, the phone is just like a tool people don't use that much anymore. It's, but it's a great tool. It's a great tool. If you if you can get them on the phone, get them on the phone. It's much better, uh, for sure. So yeah, you know, I do that. Keep my website up to date. I mm -hmm. I try to um, 
you know, as I said, I have relationships now. Like, Photo Shelter's always been really supportive. So they did something for Women's Day, mm. International Women's Day last year, like a video about women photographers. So yeah. that kind of marketing. Yeah. I think I think anything that I can do that's an excuse for me then to, like, email that client I like. Be like, hey, look, I was just on this video, yeah. you know. and Check me out. Right. Um, that's cool how you mentioned the video stuff. I was going to ask you about that. Looking at your website, you, you have a lot of motion work on there. Um, is that something you've been doing for a while? And what do you kind of enjoy about working on those projects yeah I, I started doing more video work when I did my other war project which was about young widows from the Afghan and uh, Iraq wars mm-hmm. um, and I started to do these mini documentaries with each of the, of the women and I think I started video because we talked about my kind of base of, of storytelling and documentary work um, and I really wanted to hear their voices and it just was a natural progression for me yeah. to start doing video um, work when I wanted to document them um, in addition to the still photography and so that project um, really helped me also understand the beast of a video. I mean, it's not, even though I was a one person production, because I wanted to be intimate and not bring, um, you know, an assistant or a sound person with me when I would be at these women's houses and everything, but um, I learned a lot about it um, through my editor, who really kind of taught me how to storytell through through video, and it's definitely different um, things to consider. Um, and then once I had some of the, the video work under my belt, um, I kind of, Use that then when I got this um, CBGB's gig. They had a music festival okay. um, for the three years in New York City, and they're also now a production company. They're not the punk club, obviously, that was in the 70s in New York City. Mm. Um, and I think because I had now this video work from the Widow Project, I could then say, hey, you know what? I'm going to do the your marketing campaign with the, with the portraits and the still photography, but I would love to also maybe do your like minute, you know, teaser, like your sizzle. Um, And that's kind of, then that happened. And then from there, I got larger projects, you know, with video and, um, and I, and it's been great. I love video because one, it's a collaboration. It definitely is. You work with, um, you know, just different people, the sound artists, um, other camera people, um, you know, editor. Um, It's just a different way of, of telling stories um, and I, I really enjoy it and and then beyond that it's another just creative tool and so when I was doing you know I've done these like mini social media campaigns for hair mm-hmm. products um, and product launches and all that and so um, it's just been really fun um, it's, it's a multi-dimensional way of, of um, communicating ideas or, or concepts no that's smart any tool you can use to tell a story it doesn't hurt and I guess with like, uh, do you find you're doing a lot of that now where you're, you'll be shooting video and stills on the same shoot? Is that kind of a lot of what you're doing? Or? Yeah, I have done that a lot in the past. And I think it's, um, I, I, yes, I, I do. Um, and I try to do that. I mean, if, there's a, if, I'm, if I'm hired for a photography thing, I'll say like, hey, you know, do you want to do a video component of it? And sometimes they say yes. And other times like, no, we have that taken care of. But I always... I, I like to try to do both. When I did the ESPN uh, Olympic project, um, I went to seven different countries uh, photographing female Olympians. And so one day we did the kind of dynamic portrait of them yeah. um, in an iconic landscape um, in their country. And then the next day I would do more documentary video work. And then we would interview them and we would make this little kind of mini doc of, of how they train, what their feelings are at the upcoming Olympics. Uh, so you know, I've, I've also learned, though, when I do both, I do it separate days I mean there's a different it's a different cap you know you put on your photographer cap and then you put on your director cap yeah um, so I try not to de- say yes I can do it all in one day because that's that's not that's not one suffers no it's like you have to kind of be like yeah I'll do it but we have to have it's a different shoot mm-hmm. yeah the project you mentioned the uh, ESPN I believe it was first time Olympians right they were all women it was the first time going yeah. to the Olympics um, yeah how did that project kind of come about and what was kind of your goal with those photos? Was it basically just kind of portraits? I think you said you went to seven different countries. Yeah, the, yeah, it was an amazing project. I was very really grateful for it. Um, and it came about, as I said, I worked with ESPN before. Hmm. Um, I did a uh, female veteran project and how sports played a role in their life um, after they served. And so, you know, we, I was kind of jazzed from that collaboration, and then we just started to brainstorm on what could be another collaboration. I knew the Olympics were coming up, and um, and I thought, you know, we, we kind of just 
pitched it. We just we talked about ideas back and forth, and we came up with a an idea of bringing the, the their training ground into these like iconic landscapes of their country. So like Stonehenge or a crazy city street in Bangalore, wow. um, or the Black Rocks of Marquette, Michigan. Um, so. It, that's and our goal was really to make these kind of dynamic, uh, you know, wow factor pictures that you'd be like, no way, you know, is she really doing that in the streets? Uh, and I think that's a, that's been something that I've always liked to do. As I said, taking risks and like kind of pushing the envelope and and like nothing is too crazy, nothing nothing's too big. Like let's just do it. You know, mm-hmm. why not call Stonehenge and be like, hey, can we do this? Yeah. And they were like, okay, yeah, you have you know 20 minutes. So I'm like, yes. You know. <laughs> so I think it's always just uh, and it just yeah just putting it out there and and I what I want people to look at is being like wow like that had that wow factor you know like it's something that you've seen before you want them it's just you know and I and I always shoot kind of in a vibrant complex sort of composition um and so these environmental portraits which is kind of what they were these active environmental portraits really um was something that I for me I felt like it was um, you know, I just felt it, it was something. It was it was where I was like my work was kind of leading up to, and it was a really wonderful collaboration that I could realize that. Yeah, no, they were really cool because there was like these awesome athletes, but they were in like not like a hockey rink or a basketball court. They were like in these like landscapes where it was just like this cool contrast that you never really see. That's what I really enjoyed that series, and it looks like you've done like a good amount of like sports portraiture is like sports something you had an interest in or what do you kind of enjoy about those projects or did that this kind of come from other things i guess well no i mean i've always been um interested in sports i mean i grew up very much like involved in sports i'm i'm you know, I, I, I love sports now. I'm, I'm an, an active person. I do like triathlons myself. So wow. I have a, I have a great deal of respect mm-hmm. for athletes um, and kind of their their focus and and um, determination and, 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 and their discipline. And so for me, any chance I have to work with athletes, uh, I'm always just so psyched and um, they inspire me. And they're just, it's something about just, they're just so fierce. Um, and I... And I like to, um, yeah, I, I like to, to work with, with, with them. And I, I think also kind of, you know, figuring out, like, how can we photograph them differently, you know, than what you see always, you know, with them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I have a great deal of respect for them. Yeah, this is like and a- I just did work with wrestlers. Um, and, you, you know, they're kind of, they're um, in, what is it, entertainment sports. Um, yeah. And even still, I mean, they're, 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 they're athletes. Oh, yeah, they're athletes. The- those guys are psychos, man. Like, if you watch one, <laughs> anybody says those guys aren't athletes. Man, you're- oh, they are. <laughs> they're gymnasts. They're amazing. Yeah. Um, and so for me, that was an amazing job because they're also, you know, they're actors. It's theatrical, and you can combine that with, with um, you know, sport. It was amazing. Yeah, had you had any knowledge, really, about wrestling prior to that project? Um, I did, um, just because I was a big uh, fan in middle school, okay. and we would always, you know, ask my parents, my brothers and I, to pay for, like, pay-per-view. <laughs> I guess at that point, it was, like, $100. It seemed <laughs> crazy for, like, yeah. Royal Rumble or, like, No Holds Bar. <laughs> um, you know, so I was always, like, I grew up with that, you know. Um, so it was, it was definitely a wonderful uh, uh, job and a, a new client um, that I, I, I worked with. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I look forward to seeing that stuff. And, you know, it's probably a hard question. I always ask people, um, but looking back at, like, everything you've done, all the shoots you've done, are there, like, any shoots in particular that you look back at that are, like, particularly memorable for you? Maybe either for the experience or maybe just because you're particularly proud of the photos, I guess? Yeah, I think, uh, wow. Um it's tough. You've shot a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, 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 I have a lot of wonderful memories. Uh, you know, I, we talked about you know, one of my earlier ones um, when I found my way to you know, eastern Germany and I stayed for two days with a family and who used to be part of the former GDR. Um, and that to me was amazing for me because here I was, you know, just thinking that maybe I could do something like this and it was my first time like on my own with my camera um you know flying to Germany um I 
somehow I forget, you know, it was a long story how I got in touch with these, uh, fam the, the family. But so that was, a, that was an amazing time for me. I was like, Oh God, I'm, I can actually do this. Yeah. Um, and, and so that work is always very special to me. It was black and white straight up, like, you know, documentary. Um, and so, you know, but I also have also shoots where I've totally like failed. Um, you know, I was sent to Hawaii, um, on a shoot for a, a magazine client early on, and that was an amazing, uh, you know, feat for me. I was like, wow. And I just wound up, like, wanting to use a new digital camera. I never really shot digital before. Yeah. Um, and I wound up shooting the whole thing on, like, a JPEG, like, low-res oh. JPEG, oh. you know, like, all that stuff. <laughs> or the, the subject also didn't show up that day, and I had a whole day with him as like a test shoot but I didn't really take it that seriously and I was like oh my you know so it was a whole disaster mm. I guess it wound up okay there was like one shot from the test shoot that I could have they used but you know so I have a lot of like good memories and bad memories but they're all learning experiences and uh, I think one thing that I love about photography in this line of work is that you never know what's going to come next. Uh, you never know who you're going to meet on an, an assignment um, or on the way to an assignment, and you just meet wonderful people. And I think if you're open-minded and you're and, and you're curious to receive all that um, wonderful possibilities, it, it never it never gets dull. Yeah, definitely, it's exciting, and that's really great to hear. Like, I mean, everybody has those mistakes. I've had those mistakes. I did the same thing. I rented some digital camera I never used before and like same thing. It wasn't Nightmare. like it wasn't focusing, <laughs> but I think I don't know about you, but you feel like you just got to pick yourself up from those mistakes and you got to keep like uh, progressing pretty much and just kind of keep growing and you feel like you're still this kind of learning stuff every year like as you go doing this? Oh yeah, 100%. I mean, especially now that I'm doing a lot of beauty work. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a huge it's been a huge learning curve for me as well, you know, how to deal also with that new industry, but, you know, with, 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 um, you know, with the motion work and now we're, you know, I used to shoot with like doing motion with like my Canon Mark, you know, three, and now we have actual like video cameras and, you know, learning about that and working with DPs. And so I'm, I'm constantly learning, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I constantly want to evolve as an artist and as a storyteller for sure. Um, and just as a person, you know, I think we, we all strive yeah. for that. Yeah, definitely. And let's try to like embrace new technologies and keep learning because every it's it, everything has moved so quickly like if every year it's just like i can't keep up man <laughs> it's tough right and you know, sometimes and i'm also i'm like i'm so not a tech weenie <laughs> at <neither>. all <laughs> um so i don't actually you know to me i'm like listen i have people i can call and be like what yeah. should i buy or i mean even on shoots i'm always like i'm not i'm not at all technical i'm just like can you just make this a little darker <laughs> i don't i don't I, I'm, I've, I've never been that you know that to me is not what i like about photography i know a lot yeah. of people get into the whole like yeah. you know gadgets and gear i don't I, I really am fine with just shooting with my k1000 um or my mamiya you know i i, I love that and yeah. so i don't i don't get too caught up in the technical it's really more about the connection with the people and the image you make and the you know i think also talking about the thing i remember about the hawaii shoot too i think something that i've always learned from that it's not only like yes obviously know your tools you can't go on a shoot mm -hmm. anywhere with not knowing how to work your equipment but also like to seize the day mm -hmm. and i think sometimes I'm always like, oh, well, I'll, I'll do that tomorrow. Or like, you know, if you have a few days somewhere, you're like, well, tomorrow maybe we'll do that. But like, you know what, tomorrow there's a, a torrential downpour and things aren't happening. So I kind of feel like you have to just, if it's there, everything's ready, like just take advantage of like the moment. Because yep. um, you never know what's going to happen the next day or not. Yeah, definitely. I think I interviewed Andrew Hetherington, who's a great photographer, mm -hmm. and he said sure. he's, he said the thing that he learned most from doing this is that you never want to leave a shoot without like trying something. At least ask the question. Be it you're shooting a portrait, uh, the worst they're gonna say is no. Like at least ask the question, try to make it happen because you never know what's gonna happen. And I think that's I think probably you just get better, you get more confident over time doing this, I guess. But I think that's the main thing. A hundred percent. Yeah. What is the worst that can happen? I mean. That's the thing also with like marketing too you're like what's the worst that happens so like i sent an email to this person or like i call them or like oh that's so awkward it's like who cares i mean honestly it's such there's such a mass 
vast market out there. There's so many different possibilities. There's so many people you can show your work to. Or I think, especially nowadays, you can't be too precious with like your work. If you're like, listen, I'm an image maker. I'm also a producer and I'm a director. You know what? If you want to hire me for something that like I never thought I would do like 15 years ago, like I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think it's it's okay. You just kind of have to. Um, take advantage of it, be confident, and what's the worst that can happen? Like, nothing. They, they just say no. You're like, all right, cool. Yeah, definitely. Just move on. And what do you think is kind of the keys to managing the, I mean, as you know, this business, a lot of ups and downs, like, you be busy one month, and the next two months, it can be slow. Like, how do you kind of manage those, like, slow times and things like that? How do you kind of... Uh, it's hard, you know? I don't think it ever gets easier. Yeah. Um, because... As I said, you know, you think you're think you're at a certain place, and you're like, yes, and then you're like, then you find yourself at the same place. You're like, oh, you know, <laughs> I suck. Yeah. You no, know, you know, you, everyone that goes through the same thing, right? I mean, it happens. It's normal. I think you just have to. Um, I think I find when I'm in like a slow period, or I'm just not maybe like as productive as I would like to be. I, I try to not. I, I try to kind of silence like my inner sensor of just being like you know, either comparing myself or, like, trying to see what other people are doing. I don't think that really is, is helpful, and I think that always kind of makes it, makes you um, kind of in a, you know, darker state than necessary. I don't, I don't, because I think there's so much, um, everyone kind of goes through it. I think you have to kind of realize that. Everyone's on the same boat. Um, and I think in slow times, I just try to stay busy. And then you realize, you know, why wasn't I doing this? Like, why wasn't I doing, like, my archive work? Or why wasn't I, like, putting together, like, things I wanted to do then? Or this is a good time to work on my, like, my marketing. Mm -hmm. To actually, like, enjoy the fact that you're like, okay, I have this time. Like, what can I do? Maybe I should think about, um, you know, different projects. Or you know, So I think you should take advantage of the slow times because then – you know, then when you get busy, you're like, oh, I never did what I wanted to do. You're like, what, what was I doing? Except just like sitting, you know, so I think just to, to be active as much as possible and to realize that even if you're not shooting, there's so many other things you can do to help your career. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think that's important to realize. You're like, what can I, you know, what can I do? Yeah, I agree. I think it's just like consistency. If you can just, even if it's just one or two little things every day, like if you're slow, just do something. Like send that email because like you say, you never know you'll get email back in two months. Right. It's just like a matter of this consistency because like everyone has those times where you can get down and like you say, you can kind of compare yourself, but that's just not going to do anything helpful for you. So it's just, I think, just being consistent and just putting your stuff out there and just keep going, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think also with, you know, social media nowadays, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a great tool. I use it. It's great. We all do. I think but it's also like... It's a, it's a very curated life. It's a highlight reel. <laughs> it's a total highlight reel. So it's like you guys have to keep, you know, it's like why why am I being like, oh, you know, that person never called again or like I'm not going to work with these people again. And then I'm like looking at like, you know, then you go and you just make yourself even more like annoyed. <laughs> like, why do that to yourself? It's, it's, all, it's, all, it's all BS. I mean, it really is. Mm. Um, and I think the more you understand that and just, just have confidence and be like, you know, it will pass. Yeah. I think especially in today's, market it is different i think there's so much of it it's oversaturated i think that people don't want to pay what they used to pay or they don't really value the quality and experience um for what you want i think i think it's also good to kind of think about outside the box um and sometimes you get into this like pattern and be like okay this is how i get work you yeah. know and if that's not working for you anymore i think it's good to like take a step back to reevaluate and see what are your skill sets like what else can you do besides just being like yeah i'm a photographer but for me i know like i've totally expanded how i how i what i get hired for now mm -hmm. it's not just like a still photography it's for it's for um, a directing role um you know directing like 15 people like so there's there's a lot more you can do and i think if you don't get that tunnel vision and I think we all can get in a tunnel vision you step outside of that and see like where else can I find the inspiration or the work that could also you know I mean help with your bottom line I mean that's also what it's about right yeah and I, yeah definitely <laughs> it's not it's really not just about art or creativity it's like you need to make money yeah no that makes right? sense and like how you're I mean like I think that's when it's good to it's good to have like a couple of photographer friends or somebody to show your work to and get their input because I think it can be easy to only like view it yourself 
and you start to per- you start to perceive this is the photographer I am. But then if you talk to some other people, like, hey, this you might be good for this. And right. You'd be like, oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> right. Totally. And I think also sometimes too, we talk about like you know slow period or how to kind of keep motivated. I think it's also a good time to be like, you know, maybe I should go to this like fundraising. Like, f- f- I mean, so. Uh, um, a fundraiser benefit or maybe I should go to this like industry like party or some gallery show get yourself out there I mean I just went to some benefit the other day and I ran into somebody that I haven't seen in a while and then I had a you know a meeting with them or yeah. like you kind of if you if you kind of get out of like as I said this like tunnel vision of like me 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 get out and do things network and socialize in person yeah. You might actually like run into people or it, it, connections happen. It's yeah. really true. Yeah, and it's just fun to talk to people about photography. <laughs> it's good stuff. Or everything else, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like my rent's so high. <laughs> you know, Life's you can just, you life. can, and then you, yeah, you go out and you talk to other photographers who are like, oh. <laughs> I hear you. And the industry's changing now. I mean, listen, I mean, it's it's all good. You just have to be optimistic and, mm. and, 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 yeah, just kind of keep on keeping on, right? I think you just have to just just have the long view on things. No, that's good. I like it. And, you know, one thing I was curious to talk to you about is, uh, I know, I think you have two small kids. Uh, I do. How's that been, uh, managing a f- photography and career and then be a mother? That's, a, that's awesome. Uh, shout out to all the moms out there. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. How's that been, balancing all that? Like, It's, you know, it's definitely... Um, I think it, it, it's, it's a change, I think, because you also, you know, I went from basically 100% of all my focus into, mm-hmm. like, my work, mm-hmm. um, you know, and now it's like you don't have that 100%. Um, in a way, it's made me, I think, a, in, in a way, it's made me kind of more focused and in, in a stronger um a photographer because I, I am focused so when I have the time to do stuff myself I have more kind of confidence and I just like get it done I don't I don't have time to like be in my head like my monkey mind of like oh I don't know if I should do this or should I email it's like no I have like an hour like I'm just gonna do it yeah so you do have this kind of like who cares even more so after you have people now that are dependent on yeah, you yeah. Um, so it's, it's changed. I mean, I'm lucky, though, and uh, that I have a lot of support. Um, so, you know, when I do jobs that I have to travel, mm-hmm. um, my husband will kind of change his schedule if he can. I have, you know, family. I have, you know, nanny, babysitter. So, like, I'm, I'm very well, like, I have a support system. So that's been really great. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, I think what's, what's what I what – I, fine now i mean there's there there there's there's five and three i think in like a few years things will change but i think what has kind of sacrificed a little bit is that the time i have for my own personal projects because that's like a very that's like a bonus time right it's like now i'm really focused on like you know my work and getting commercial jobs you know work that will kind of generate income and other opportunities for me Mm -hmm. um so what's kind of lost for me is the times where i could be like you know what like let me just like go to spain and like work on a female bullfight project you know maybe i will eventually but it's okay it's all it all balances out and i think i like to think of my my life in waves um and you know you can't you, you know, you, you, you can't do everything all at once, even though we're like, oh, I want to have it all. Like, you can have it all, but it's also, like, maybe in waves or in chapters. So right now, I'm like, I'm enjoying the wave I'm in right now. And I, in, in fact, since I've had children, or before I had children, I was in this fear, like, oh, no, you know, my, my, my life, like, will totally change. My work will change. But I've actually have, have, had had the most, like, uh, success in in my in my career like since I've had kids you know I've been more so changes it, changes, it changes changes good changes good totally I mean I, I would never think that but all these opportunities have happened yeah. in the last five years have been post kids and and that's amazing to me so I'm I'm I think it's it's it, if if anything it's kind of benefited me because it's, it's given me more of a, a different perspective and putting things in, in in perspective really of like what's important and what's not and and just kind of go out there and, and do your thing and and they inspire me every day you know um, oh, yeah. for sure that's awesome that's good to hear and uh, I guess just kind of wrap up like um, I guess kind of moving forward is there do you have any goals for your photography or anything you'd like to work on uh, in the future you think. 
I do want to talk about personal projects. Um, you know, I have some ideas that I, I, I hope to start working on. Um, I do love independent projects. So I, I do hope in the next like few years I can, um, you know, start those um, and see where that, where, where that leads to. As I, I do think it's a great tool, um, not only for just like you as an artist to evolve with your personal projects, but I think it's great. It's a tool to get kind of other other work in different marketplaces or clients. So I, I do have goals that I, I want to work on my independent projects. Um, and I also have goals that I still I want to continue in the direction I've been I've been going is to get the jobs where it is more of a collaboration you know um, I'm a director and photographer and I'm working with wonderful artists production artists um, photo directors creative directors um, I want to get those projects that um, are at like a larger scale working with a lot of people okay. um, I like it yeah. I have no doubt you'll, you'll be there. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, Gina, I just want to thank you so much for coming on. Like I said, I, I've been following your work for years. I was a big fan of the Sandhog stuff, so it was a real pleasure getting to talk to you. Um, but I guess for people listening, where's the best place to check out your work? Well, you can check me out on Instagram. I usually post. That's kind of my you know blog these days for a lot of things. So it's just at Gina LeVay. Perfect. is my my tag and uh and my website com. perfect i'll link it there and uh thanks so much thank you alex so there you have it that was the gina levey interview i want to thank gina so much for taking the time to come on the podcast it was a real pleasure getting to speak with her about all her work and everything she's done over the course of her career been a big fan of her work for a while now um, especially her uh, personal project Sandhogs. I would say definitely go check that out on her website. It's uh, GinaLeVay.com as well as her Instagram at GinaLeVay. Lots of cool work up there. So definitely go check that out. And as always, I um, just want to let you know I'm going to be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, as well as my website, AlexGagnePhoto.com and on my Instagram at AlexGagnePhoto. Thanks so much for listening and take care.